In conjunction with Deep Experience Revival Level, introduce to you God's Word with simplicity and power, which is able to save and give you eternal inheritance through God's servant, Pastigo Colopring. God bless you as you listen. Now today we are looking at again God's way of growing and molding his children. God's way of growing and molding his children. Praise God. So discover from scriptures that God's method of making us to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ, in order to possess our glorious inheritance, is discipleship. And what is discipleship? Discipleship can be defined as following Jesus and learning of him in a secret unto becoming like Jesus. He said that is discipleship. So discipleship simply means learning of who? Of Jesus. In order to become like who? Like Jesus. Are we understanding? Learning of Jesus in order to become like who? Like Jesus. We are not learning of Jesus to be like some other person. We learn of Christ to be like Christ. And that is what we can call discipleship. Are we saying amen? Now we begin to study. As we study, we understand better and better. Why do we talk about discipleship? Discipleship is the method of God to mold us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. In order for we all to be one Stuck, but different faces. In order for we to be what? One stuck, but different faces. So God's great wisdom is that he wants inside us, we are carrying only one Jesus. Do we understand that? Now, for him to achieve that, the method that he introduced is what we call discipleship. The method that God introduced in order to achieve that is what we call what? Discipleship. To disciple people into becoming like Jesus, into Christ being formed in them. Not to disciple them to start saying another thing that is outside Jesus. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. It's not discipleship. If the objective of discipleship is being defeated, which simply means to be like who? Like Christ. For Christ to be formed in a man. Like we hear our brother Paul said, he said, I am laboring that Christ be what? Be formed in these ones. I don't have two labor. I have just one labor. My labor is that Christ be what? Be formed. Simple. Because if we miss that, we have missed everything. Now we see that most of the times, we get engaged into so many programs, 
we get engaged into so many activities that the objective is not even found in the colicorum of heaven. It's not found there. God did not include it in his plan for his church. It is man that arranged that one. The way it can suit him, the way he can bring crowd, but the objective that made God to say, now I call you as a minister. I call you to go and preach the gospel. I've been defeated. Because the objective is not two. It's just one. He only wants Christ to be what? To be formed in every body. As our faces differ, inside us, we are carrying one who? One Christ. And you can see that the reason why we are seeing fight in the body of Christ is that it's not Christ that is in all of us. Can Christ fight against Christ? Christ can never fight against Christ. If we are all laboring that Christ be formed in me, formed in the people that God has graciously given to me to teach, because the content of my message is no other thing but who? Christ. What will I produce in the congregation? Is it not Christ? As simple as that. And the method for that to happen is discipleship. Whether it's slow, whether it's fast, it's not what God is looking at. All that God is looking at is consistency in doing what he asks you to do. Consistency in it. Be consistent in it. Don't change. Not when you see too much crowd. You think about how to keep them. You bring another thing. No. Even if it's one person, what is your work? Let Christ be what? Formed. They are one million. What is your work? Let Christ be what? Formed. There's nobody at all at all. Stay with Christ. Let him be formed in you steady. Let him keep forming until you come to that perfect man. Now we'll start our study from Matthew chapter 4, verses 19 to 22. Now we see Jesus calling his disciples. We see Jesus calling his disciples. And Jesus began to call them. He said, and he said unto them, follow me. And I will make you fishers of what? Of men. Follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. Verses 20. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. 21. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Verse 22. And they immediately left the sheep and their father and followed Christ. Now you look at that. When Christ called them, whom did he tell them that he would make them to be? And who is Jesus? Eh? Fisher of men. Jesus will not make you outside what he is. <laughs> you know, some of us are getting confused about this man called Jesus. But there's no need to be confused about the man called Jesus. It's because we don't understand. 
wherever Jesus meet you, he's not trying to make you outside what him himself, the father sent him to be. Do you understand what I'm saying? His father sent him to fishmen. Is it not true? Remember, he said, I, when I be lifted up from the what? From the earth to the cross, what will I do? I will draw all men to myself. So what does that mean? He has fished all men and give to himself. So when Jesus met the disciples, he made it clear. I want to make you a fisher of men. I want to make you a fisher of men. I want to make you a fisher of men. Now listen to me. Until we accept that his call to us and submit for him to make us, we are not his disciples. We are not his disciples. Somebody might say, if he called me, it means that he has called me off what I'm doing. Maybe you are a teacher when Jesus called you. Maybe you are a doctor when Jesus called you. Maybe you are a footballer when Jesus called you. The problem is that many don't understand. If Jesus called you, he's not calling you to dismiss you completely from even what you're doing. He calls many people. He still allows them to do what they are doing. But he called them first to take away their eyes first from what they are doing. For him to make them what they ought to be. In order that if they stay in that thing which they are doing, they will not see that thing again as what they are living for. They begin to see that we are using this as a platform to become what he has made us. And what is that he has made them? Fishers of what? Of men. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, you see, many people seek for signs. They seek for wonders. But they don't want to settle down for him to make them. And that is the omission that makes us raise so many vagabonds that call themselves born again. Whenever you refuse to sit down for him to make you, you have missed it. You become a miracle seeker. Instead of you to be a miracle worker, you become a miracle seeker. You cannot omit discipleship and be a miracle worker. It's a lie. There's no two ways about it. He made them fishers of men. He made them fishers of men and then added those ingredients that's the miracles that will make their fishing of men effective. Super effective. Those things are called ingredients that makes their fishing men to be effective. God told me one day, say, my son, there's nothing wrong with attraction. Don't bother that the church, they have split unit ACs, ACs that are standing everywhere in the church. He said, that's not a problem. They build wonderful edifices. He said, that is not a problem. They are trying to bring wonderful executive. In fact, if you sit down in the church, sleep will carry you. That's what is happening in the church now. Is it not true? They are changing seats, changing everything, changing everything. That's not the problem. 
But it becomes a problem when the objective, the content of the message, the focus of the message is not Christ. If it's not discipleship that they are doing, they will never produce fishers of men. They can never produce fishers of men. They can never produce the same stock like Christ. They can produce men that Christ is formed in. Men that Christ is formed in. That was when God started teaching me. He said, what is the benefit, the joy of a fisherman? When he goes to the river and he uses his bed to cover the mouth of his hook, which ordinarily is to attract the fish. Is it not true? And the fish get there and just collect the whole bed and leave the hook for him. And he will draw the hook. The hook is catching nothing. The whole fish will say, put another one. We will collect them. This hook is not sharp enough to catch us. God asked me, what is then the benefit of the fisherman? He said, all the ACs in the church, all the executive chairs, is hopeless and useless. All of the decorations is nonsense. If they are not using it as a bed, and the hook is very, very sharp, that even when they sit down, the fan will be blowing, the AC will be releasing the breeze, but yet, when the word of God begins to come, you see the AC that's supposed to be making the body to be cool. It will be emitting heat. So as it's coming, the big man will say, there's heat here. By reason of the word of God that is coming with fire. As it's coming with fire, that is the only time you can say that the ACs and rest of them is doing a good job. At least the man saw it and said, this is the kind of church I need to be. And he sit down. We don't know that this church will drag him out of every nonsense that he's into. Now, we are talking about the strategy, the method that God used to work. The reason why this is not happening is because they have omitted discipleship. The method that God gave to the church, that through this way, you can raise quality people. Through this way, me, myself, Jesus, can form myself a man and make them fishers of what? Of men indeed. Fishers of men indeed. So we see Jesus as he moved. Did he ever promise them you carry the next car? Did Jesus ever promise them that house you have not finished building in the village, you finish it? You know, it sounds as if they are doing something reasonable. I'll be asking myself, what minute is? But for Christ, he didn't mean words. From the beginning of him recruiting his disciples, he told them what he will make them. Is it not true? Didn't he tell them? He said, come, follow me. I'll do what? I'll do what? You can have a problem with that. If you don't want me to make you fishers of men, no problem. Stay. So they are, they are trying to tell Jesus, you don't know that Matthew have a family. You need to feed the family. And they are talking about making him fishers of men. When you are supposed to be talking about giving him a business that is better than task collector. Because if you relieve somebody of his job, won't you give him a higher one? So for them, they think that making men, fishers of men, is being stupid. So they say, Jesus, you are not wise. <laughs> 
Now, the process of making men, fishers of what? Of men is what we call what? And why many of us don't want to sit down for him to make us is because we feel that even if he make us fishers of men, of what use is it for us? Of what use is it for us? So we look at Jesus speaking. Go back to verse 19. And he said unto them, follow me. And I'll do what? I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Now, may I ask somebody a question? Since you started following Jesus, whom has he made you? Please, ask yourself this question before we progress. Since you claim that I have known Jesus and you started following him, you claim also that you are following him. Has Christ made you fisher of men? Are you of the same stock with him? If Christ has not made you fisher of men, like the father sent him and he began to fish men and he met the disciples, he said, I will make you fishers of men. It simply means you have not enrolled into discipleship the method of him making men, making men. That Jesus has made a man does not mean he has a car. It's not a car that you used to define that Jesus has made somebody. It's not houses that you used to know that Jesus has made somebody. It's not the money you have in your account that you used to know that Jesus has made somebody. Actually, do you know why he gave you the house? Do you know why he gave you the cars? Do you know why he gave you the money? It's for you to become a fisher of men to be more effective more effective because those men that you ought to make some of them need to sleep in your house at times some of them need to eat food from your purse some of them they need to pay their school fees some of them he knows that you need to go and carry them with your car are you understanding wherever they are so he gives you all these things in order to make you more effective in fishing men. That is the essence of giving us all those things. That's the essence of giving us. In fact, if you are building a house, if you don't include this thing in your heart, you are in trouble. If you're not including that, people should be given a room where they will stay in order for you to disciple them for Christ. In order for you to have an opportunity to disciple them for Jesus. You don't know what you're doing. If you will not consciously, consciously, because of discipling people. But of course you won't do it if you have not submitted to discipleship and understood what discipleship is all about. You will not be able to do it. So you see that if God is building a house, he's building a house for you to be super effective. If God is giving you money, he's giving you money as an attraction to get more people attracted to you so that you can fish them for Christ. You can imagine how many people that get attracted to you when you become a rich man. You can imagine how many people that begin to admire your house when you have a good house. Some will just want to come and sleep there. Now, when Jesus said this to them, and the Bible said, without wasting any time. What did they do? They immediately do what? Followed. They immediately do what? Enrolled into discipleship. 
They immediately enrolled. He saw another one, verse 20, and straightway they left their nets immediately and followed. Verse 21, and going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship, with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and they called them too. Jesus was not afraid at all. <laughs> he knows that their father is about making them to be poor men. <laughs> their father wants to make them poor forever. And he said, two of you follow me. Leave your father I beg. Let me make you. That's why today, until the coming of Christ, St. James, St. Peter, St. Paul. But it can't just happen. It's by reason of the people you discipled. By reason of your following Christ, the way you followed him, the way you followed him. Did you understand what I'm saying? So they immediately followed. They didn't waste time. They left their father, 22. They left their father. They threw away the net. They followed. They trusted that he is able to make them. To make them something reasonable from nothing. Ordinary fishermen. God made them to become a voice. They became a voice. They became a voice for that generation. If not to today, we study the book of what? Peter. James. We study all these people. We study them. And their letters blesses us. Are we saying amen? Did Jesus waste any of their lives? Let's look at another one again. In Matthew 11. The method that God uses to make us get into possessing this glorious inheritance. These men actually enjoyed their inheritance in Christ. They enjoyed their inheritance in Christ. Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. So he said, come unto me, all leader labor, and I'll heavy letting, I'll give you what? I'll give you rest. Now, do you know where we missed it? I became a victim of what we are discussing now. After I gave my life to Christ, I did not understand what they call discipleship. The omission of discipleship has caused many people, baby Christians, to backslide. The omission of discipleship is the reason why many are backsliding. Nobody will ever backslide if the church understood what they call discipleship. Nobody will backslide. Nobody will backslide in the body of Christ. But because many people give their life to Christ, after they finish giving their life to Christ, they did not make them to see. There is another thing that needs to happen after you give your life to Christ. That verse is 28 simply said, come to me. That is, come and give your life to Christ. An invitation unto what? Salvation. An invitation unto that. Come unto me. All of you that labor and I have you what? And I'll give you what? But look at what Jesus said in verse 29. What do you think Jesus was saying immediately? Discipleship. Come unto me. All that labor and I have you let him. I'll give you rest. Many believers stop at that. After they became born again, what is the next thing? They forgot that when Jesus Christ came to a man. The first thing Jesus will do is to break the yoke of the devil over your neck. 
everybody who is an unbeliever, there's a yoke the devil put on your neck. That is the yoke he used to carry you up and down. Wherever he wants you to go, he's carrying you. What he wants you to do, he will tell you do it. There is a yoke that the enemy put on the neck of everyone who has not given his life to Christ. Everyone, I mean everyone, whether small or big, father or mother, women or men, every one of them is yoked, including me and you, before we gave our life to Christ. But immediately we gave our life to Christ, the first thing Jesus did was to deliver us from sin and Satan and to break every yoke of the devil off our neck. Now, look at the danger in it. When Jesus finished breaking that yoke, what happened to the neck? The neck is free. But do you know that Jesus never want the neck to be free? The next thing he says, he said, take my own yoke. I break the yoke of the devil. But if your neck becomes free, he will come back and yoke you again. He will yoke you back. Jesus said, in order for you not to be yoked back, take my own yoke. Take my yoke. The difference between the devil and God is that Jesus can never force his yoke on somebody's neck. But the devil will force it on your neck, whether you like it or not. Jesus can only offer you his yoke and allow you to take it. If you refuse, he will allow you. Carry your neck and go. That is why he said, take. It's just like you see Jesus standing like this. He said, take my yoke. But many of us pretend as if we don't understand what it means to take. He will stand like this and say, take. I have a yoke. Take it. It is a personal decision. Even the same way you decided to give your life to me. The same way. Listen. Now, understand what I'm saying. I know many of us have given our life to Christ, but not many of us have actually taken the yoke of becoming a disciple. You only stop at giving your life to Christ. You never took the yoke of the Lord. The Lord offered the yoke since the year you gave your life to Christ. Some of us since 2000. Up to today, the Lord is still standing before you and say, take the yoke. Your neck will be yoked again. If it's not even yoked now. That's why you see before you know, the person that stopped fornicating four years back because the neck is still what? Free. The enemy goes again and do what? And yoke the man again. The man that stopped stealing sins. The man that stopped lagging sins. You see the enemy come back again and do what? And yoke the man again. And start dragging the man to those things that he hates. He starts behaving like a dog. That vomits and goes back to his what? To his vomit. You can imagine how irritating he looks. Please, are you following me? Now, we see that when we gave our life to Christ, he offered us a yoke. But because the men teaching us, they felt that when they tell people there is a yoke in the hand of Christ, they will run. Then Jesus began to explain to them, there's a way this scripture flows. So it's like here, there's a kind of argument. When Jesus said, take my yoke, and do what? And learn of me. And learn of me. I you understand what I'm saying? And learn of me. You know, it's different from learn from me. You understand what I'm saying? 
Learn of me, of me, learn of me. So all your studying, all your focus will be to know me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, did he say learn of how to pursue witches? Did he say learn about program? Did Jesus say learn about how to be rich? Do you know one thing they don't know? They don't know that in Christ is the fullness of God. In Christ is the fullness of God. Everything that you can think of God is inside Christ. You can't have Christ and be learning how to make money. It's not done. No. Christ in you is everything. So, instead of them focusing the eyes of the people and their mind on Christ, they thought that if they teach them how to make money, they'll make money. Then they'll come and teach them. So, one person will come and say, we'll teach you relationship so that your relationship can be wonderful. You don't know that relationship is Christ. When you begin to study Christ, you will understand his relationship with his father. I am my father, one. I am my father. Ha, Jesus will teach you the depth of relationship. Jesus will teach you the relationship of him and the church. When you understand the depth of Christ, you will know that in him is everything. In him is everything. So the ignorant people will think that you have to bring something out from Christ and teach. Instead of them just offer them Christ where everything is packed in and they will just rest. Empty message. Something that doesn't have content. Anything you offer people that is not Christ does not have content here. The reason why people are moving up and down doing all manner of rubbish is because they do understand what we're saying. So Jesus said, come unto me, all of you that labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you what? Rest. Did he stop there? He immediately said, now that you have come, take my yoke. Take. Begin to learn of me. Now, you remember I was saying something to you here. You know that 28, 29, I don't want to talk about 27. That's where I started from. Eh? But let's leave 27 out of it. Now, 28, 29, and 30, they join together. You remember? Jesus said, take my yoke and learn of me. For I am what? I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. Immediately finish. What did he say in 30? For my own yoke is what? For my own yoke is what? Jesus did not deny for one day that he doesn't have a yoke. He only told us that his own yoke is easier than the devil's own. So if you let him yoke you back, you go suffer. You go suffer. Better take my own. Your neck can never be free. Listen, your neck can never be free. You know why we want our neck to be free? We want to be doing what we like at times. And we claim we are children of God. Because if you take the devil's own, 
where he's leading you to is where he's sure you will die. If there is fire here, fire, good fire, you'll be leading all of you here. You'll be telling him, there's fire here. He said, huh? what about it? <laughs> if he says, I want to go, I don't want fire to burn me, he says, shut up. You are meant for burning. <laughs> but Jesus own is that only that you shouldn't go out of the yoke. Because where he's leading you to, he is sure. He is sure that the place he will lead you to will be glorious. He don't want you to miss it. That's why he said, my own yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. What is his yoke? His yoke will lead you out of courtism. He will never let you, if you see the court people, you want to go here, you push you back. And say, don't go there. If you go there, they will kill you. Let's be going where we are going. His yoke will bring you out of premarital sex. That can give you disease. That can cause you to have babies that you never planned for. It can cause you to have babies you didn't plan for. He did not prepare for it. He didn't prepare for it. The old mother will start not seeing a baby again at the age of 60. All these things is what a yokeless life, even after you say you have given your life to Christ, can do. And that's what we call backsliding. And you understand what I'm saying? It happened to me when I gave my life to Christ. I didn't understand it. Nobody taught me about that. That there is a yoke in the hand of Christ that everyone who gave his life to Christ must. Listen, the way you surrendered your life to Christ is the way you stand. Jesus will say, take my yoke. He said, Lord, I take it. Yoke me with yourself. I want to go all the way with you forever. It's a conscious thing that you will do deliberately knowing also the what? The repercussion. It's a conscious thing that you will do. It's a conscious thing that you will do. It's a conscious thing that you will do. The same way you consciously give your life to Christ, nobody force you. In the same way, you consciously say, Lord, I take your yoke. I took my own yoke as a minister of the gospel. I was a minister when I took my yoke. We went for meeting. They came that day after preaching. It was so hot. I saw that my neck, after I gave my life to Christ, have been yokeless. I said, what am I waiting for? If I give the devil this opportunity, yoke me again. That's why you see a pastor after 15 years, he no not to member him. Or two of members was wayward. As a pastor, he's a yokeless man. Anything can happen. The devil just peeped in the church and said, No yoke on his head. Be fast, be fast, yoking. Are we saying amen? So, discipleship, it begins when you do what? You take the yoke. You have not enrolled into discipleship. Until the day you do what? You take the yoke. The Lord said, take my yoke. And concentrate on me. All you start learning from the time you take the yoke is of who? Of Christ. Learn of me. Learn of me. Who gave you the instruction? 
Please, who gave you the instruction? Is it your pastor? So who do you take his own instruction? Is it not Christ? Is it your church? Is it your church dogmatism and doctrine that you follow? If you go to start reading things that is not what Christ said you should do, what do you do? You discard it and follow the one Christ said. Christ said, learn of who? Learn of who? The way I talk. The way I behave. The way I speak. The way I treat my wife. You know Jesus has wife? Who is his wife? The way I'm treating my wife. Not minding that my wife will have so many terrible people there. Horrible people there. Jesus still do what? Embrace the church. He still say, this is my church. Did you understand what I'm saying? Now, when you begin to learn of Christ, you begin to understand how Christ behaves to the wife. Is that not marriage? Now you are learning of Christ. He begins to teach you how he's relating with the wife. How he's relating, and what he's telling the wife to do to the husband. Is it not true? And the wife will begin to learn what he ought to be doing to the husband when you are learning of who? Of Christ. Christ began to teach us ministry. He began to teach us how to handle money. He began to teach us so many things. Jesus taught us how not to waste. He did a miracle. And how many baskets did they gather? Jesus gave them the instruction. After the miracle, there was food everywhere. Jesus said to them, let there be no waste. Gather everything. They gathered 12 baskets more. Do you know why? You can't be doing miracles every day. When the one he did yesterday, you wasted it. He said, gather 12 baskets. Gather it. They gather 12 baskets. So the next time, he said, from the basket, you gathered. Feed these ones. Check all the miracles he did for food. Is there anyone that lost anything? 4,000. He still gave instruction. Make sure. Gather it well, well, well. You can imagine. Out of what was left over, they gathered 12 baskets. And that's how many of us are wasting food. So there's nothing you can learn in him. Is dear complete? I mean, is dear complete? Complete in him. Complete in him. He said, learn of me. For I am meek. I am lonely in heart. The Bible call him the wisdom and the power of God. You can never learn of Christ without being wise. Who are you learning of? If you are not wise, you are not learning of Christ. Start learning of Christ. You know, many of us are learning of our pastors. That's why they were happy without knowing. Any opportunity, you pre horse on Agaro. Because it's not Christ you are learning of. If you are learning of Christ, you will know how to train children. Look at how Jesus brought over his disciples. He formed Christ in all of them. From A to Z. Except Judas. Who decided to die by himself. But check the rest of them. He brought over them until Christ was formed in them. That's how you brought over your own children. Until Christ is formed in them. You see, there's no two things you are laboring. You're not trying to teach them Atlanta. Every reset here, Anya Haninena, African magic. You say, Mommy, 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 learn it. In angry. 
You are not teaching them Christ because you yourself didn't settle on Christ. You did not learn of Christ. If you have learned of Christ and teach them of Christ, they will come up to become who? Christ. So you see Christ all over your family. Do you then need to fight? Do you need to struggle? Do you need to quarrel? You don't need that. You don't need that. You don't need that. You see everybody in your home comes out to be Christ. Because you have understood who to do what? Learn of. You have understood who to do what? Teach them of. You have understood who to do what? Study of. Morning, afternoon and night. You can't just go and grab one big book. As I say it's novel. What is the name of the novel? You call it one thing like that. You see some of them will be telling you. If you are reading their books. He said there's no marriage that is perfect. It's a lie. Bloody lie. Why marriage is not perfect is that the two parties that are involved did not learn of who? Of Christ. If Christ is in them, Christ doesn't fight against Christ. Christ doesn't fight Christ. It's because this person self is formed. That person, Christ is formed. Christ is self or say again is eternal member. Did you understand what I'm saying? Any married woman here or married man here the highest you can do for your wife is to make her learn of Christ. I have told God, I say, if my wife didn't get it, it is not my fault. Do you know why? I paid the highest price for her to learn of who? Of Christ. I told her, don't walk. Sit down in this house and learn of who? Christ. You see, every man that pays for Christ. When I was saying that, it's not as if that don't worry, go away. But I understood that learning of Christ is more than anything. That is the hope of the children. That is the hope of the marriage. That is the hope of everything we're doing. If she can learn of Christ, I learn of Christ, the children grow. Christ is the one that owns heaven and the earth. Naira, Iru, Bounce is in his hand. When you start learning of another thing, you miss everything. You miss everything. Everything completely. You miss everything. You struggle for everything. You struggle for everything. You will see things will not just be working on its own accord for you. On its own accord for you. Until you struggle, you will eat. Until you labor, you will eat. But when it is Christ you have settled on, you will see greater things will happen for you. In fact, you will see it will be flowing like oil. At times, you'll be asking, Kedoti Hashide, myself. Obedi Himel, it will work. <laughs> Can we settle learning of Christ? Take his yoke. Learn of me. Take my yoke. Learn of me. Take my yoke upon you. Upon you. See how we put it? Upon us. Consciously take his yoke. You know, man wants freedom. Man don't want anybody to lead him. Man just want to do anything he want to do. If it's coming out, they tell him what is raining now is cut one trouser here. One will be cut. One will be straight. Cut, just cut one here. One will be straight. Say, hey, is this the raining one? He start doing like this. And everyone say, what are you wearing? He say, look at this Jew guy. He's doing like this. He's doing like this. You look at the generation, 
Doka staff, we are doka staff, we are doka staff. I said, no, rocket. Who are they learning? Please, who are they learning? Is it difficult for you to know who they are learning? They are learning of the world. They are learning of the world. They are conforming to be like the world. Is it not true? If they are learning of Christ, would they behave like that? Can you ever see me any day? We are, I say, it's I will rugged your life. Oh. It's as a result of who you are learning. If you are not learning of Christ, you might even be naked and be praising yourself. You say, I look it. You'll even be asking, me, how do I look? They will tell you, you know the world are dangerous. They will tell you, need mm-hmm. But when you are learning of him, the mirror of Christ stays with you steady. You will see the things he approves. Learn of me. Learn of me. Stop program. Program that is not packaged to tell you of Christ. But when I began to study of Christ, God began to teach me Christ in Genesis. Christ in Exodus. Christ in Leviticus. I say, he means Christ is everywhere. He said, Genesis to Revelation is who? Christ. Genesis to Revelation is who? Christ. Christ. And no other thing, no other one, Christ being formed in you. But the method is discipleship. Come and learn of me. I am meek. I am lonely in heart. Take my yoke. Sit down. Start learning of me. Very soon, you walk into your inheritance. It won't take time. You walk into your inheritance. You won't hear pain, the sound of a pain in your marriage. If you are learning of Christ, well, if it's Christ you are learning, you will see your children who grow well. If it's Christ, you are showing them. Everybody will grow well. If it's Christ. If it's Christ, indeed. Both with your life, not preaching Christ so, but your life is showing the world. If I show my children the world in my way of dressing, I don't want to see Christ and show them, then there's a problem. That's a problem. Can somebody say amen? So, God said, take my yoke. Learn of me. I am meek and I'm lonely in what? In heart. Then you will find rest unto your word. For my yoke is what? And my body is light. So his body is always light. Between somebody who is still and the one who is hungry. Which one is better? The one that is hungry waiting on the Lord. Is it not true? That is his yoke. Highest is that. Not that if you are hungry he don't know. He will still provide for you. If you can wait. If you can wait. Instead of you going to steal. Because if you steal, they catch you. That is the yoke of the devil. Are you enjoying the yoke? <laughs> Are we saying amen? So, you must understand that. We just take two scriptures more. We take and leave. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. NIV. That we take again after the 4 verse 13 to 14. Then we round up. So today, are you ready to take the yoke? Can somebody say, I will take the yoke? I understand. I have first of all given my life, but I have not taken the yoke. 
Jesus has been offering me yoke, but I refuse to take it. Matthew 28, 18-20 Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Is it nation or nations? Is it not S? Make disciples of all nations. Please, what is the work God gave to them? What is the work God gave to the disciples? Discipline to go and make disciples of what? All nations. Is it make programs of all nations? Is it go and make disciples of all nations? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything. I emphasis on who? Everything that I have commanded. That is the only time you can say you are making disciples of me. Anytime you start teaching what he didn't command, you are talking nonsense. You are trying to form another kind of people. It's not Christ you are forming in the people. It's no more Christ you are forming. You are forming another thing. Maybe your denomination. Or you are forming your church. Your own church is no more Christ church. If it's Christ church, you ought to make disciples of all what? All nations. Teaching them everything. No matter when it's hard and when it's what? Not hard. When he said, take my yoke, don't tell the people, Jesus don't have yoke. Don't get to that place and soften it. And surely I am with you always. To the very end of the age. So how will his ever present abide with us when we are raising disciples, making disciples of all nations? When we focus on teaching them to do everything that he has commanded us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now look at again Acts chapter 4 verse 13 and 14. Acts chapter 4, 13 and 14. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. These are men that are fishermen that's collected, that no left to right. But they stood with Christ. They stood with Christ. Learning of who? Christ. They took the yoke of who? Christ. Everything that Christ taught them is what they are doing what? Learning of. And these men discovered that they were not learned, but because they have been with Christ, they have become a container of wisdom. You cannot even stand them. You can't stand them. You can't stand them. You can't stand them. They discover that they have been with Christ. So being with Christ makes a world of difference. It will make you a marvel. The Bible said they marveled at the kind of knowledge. They marveled at the kind of knowledge. What kind of wisdom is this? What kind of knowledge? These people are thick. So thick. So glorious. You see the way they are moving. Do you know if you start working with Christ, he begins to teach you English. Do you know Jesus used to teach people English? I will say amen. God will make you a marvel. But that is when you take the yoke. Hallelujah. Verse 14, finally, as we take our leave. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, 
they could say nothing against it. They could say nothing against it. They could say nothing. What a marvel. There is a sign. There is also what? A backing. So today, I want to ask us, how many of us have taken the yoke consciously? But you can't take the yoke until you give your life to Christ first. You can't jump one. It is until Jesus destroyed the yoke of the devil on a man's neck before he can put his own yoke on the man's neck. Jesus cannot carry his yoke and put on top of the devil's yoke. Did you understand what I'm saying? Listen, there is devil's yoke on somebody's neck. Jesus carry his yoke and put on top of it. Uh-uh. What Jesus will do first is come unto me. All of you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you. Then take my yoke. So if you have not given your life to Christ, if you are not yet born again, let me announce to you. You will first of all become born again before you talk about taking the yoke of Christ into discipleship. You understand? Why? You cannot grow the seed that is not planted in you. It's until the seed of Christ is planted in a man, you begin to grow it. That is when you say, I am now a disciple. Are you understanding? You sit down and begin to learn of Christ. Then you are growing. Is there anybody who has not given his life to Christ here? This message is not for you. If you have not given your life to Christ, the first thing you need to do is to give your life to Christ. Is there anybody who wants to give his life or her life to Christ here? The next one is, have you taken the yoke? Is the question. Jesus, I could hear him say, take, 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 take. He's standing before you take the yoke. Do you want to tell him again, Lord, keep this your yoke for now. I'm not ready. Are you ready to say, Jesus, I am ready to take the yoke. If you want to take the yoke, come here, I'll pray for you. That's a second calling. Come here. Don't waste time. If you want, it's not force. It doesn't force anybody. Take my yoke. Do you want to take the yoke? Come here now. Let's pray. I did it one day. One day I came out. I said, Jesus, I take your yoke. As a pastor, we had a call for ministers meeting. The man came from Boko. As he was preaching, he said, have you taken the yoke? You a pastor, but have you taken the yoke? I discovered I've never answered that call of taking the yoke. I said, Jesus, here I am. I take the yoke. Can somebody say, I take the yoke here today? Anybody? You want your neck to still be yokeless? Take my yoke and learn of me. Don't assume that you have taken the yoke. It's not a thing to assume. No, 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 no. Don't assume anything. I know you have been in church. I know you might even be big man or big woman. Hey, it's not what we're talking about. What I'm saying have you ever answered the call of taking the yoke to start learning of Christ alone? Did you understand what I'm saying? Have you taken the yoke or you don't want to take it? Could you hear Jesus say, take, 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 take. He's standing before you. He's not forcing you. He said, take it, my yoke, and learn of me. For I am meek and lonely in heart. Talk to God. Say, Lord, I am willing. I want to take this yoke. Jesus yoked me today. I have decided to walk with you all the days of my life. I have decided to settle with you to learn of you and not any other thing. I want to learn of you, Jesus. I want to learn of you alone. I enrolled into this discipleship training today. I take this yoke today. I take this yoke today. Lord, I will not pull my neck out of it again. I dedicate this life forever unto you.
use it for your own glory. Wherever you take me, I will go. Wherever you lead me, I will follow. Whatever you provide is what I will eat. What you approve, I will wear. What you permit me to see, I will see. What you don't want me to follow, I will not follow. Who you permit me to make friend, I will make friend. Who you don't permit me to make friend, I will not make friend. That is what it means to take the yoke and become a disciple of Christ. What you ask me to eat is what I will eat. What you provide is what I will eat. Lord, thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up this precious one before you. They have consciously heard your word and they have taken the yoke. Lord Jesus, carry them to the place that you have decided to carry them to. Let Christ be formed. This one, so Lord, make them fishers of men. Let their life, O Lord, be glorious and sweet. Like that of the apostles of old that took the yoke and you made them. Let the life of this one be sweet and glorious. In Jesus' name we are prayed. We dedicate them to you as your way in their lives. In Jesus' name. I know you are blessed by the message you just received. We encourage you to join our Open Heaven meetings, connecting to God's help every first of the month, 5 p.m. Deep experience with Jesus every Saturday, 5 p.m. And our life-transforming seminars for all in sports circle at Sue E23, C2C Plaza, Mpokiti Road, Enugu, Nigeria. Visit our Facebook page, Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry. Instagram at Savior T Sports. Twitter at Savior Total. WhatsApp number 090-60222-330. Email, Savior of Destiny Total Sports Ministry at gmail.com. You are blessed. Angel words ever true, changing me.